Our movie, we're in a series of movies over the weeks uh, of the summer, just kind of looking at these movies and pointing people to God's word, pointing them ultimately to Jesus Christ. Our movie this weekend, it's a classic. It's from a few decades ago. Some of you have seen it, some of you haven't. It's from the Indiana Jones series, and it's called The Last Crusade. Anybody ever see that? Any hands? Okay, some of you have. It's okay if you haven't. We'll bring you right up to speed. We're doing this movie for a couple of reasons. Number one, I don't know if you're aware, but apparently, you know, this wasn't the last crusade because there's yet another Indiana Jones movie coming out in two weeks. Did you know that? So there's another one happening. Harrison Ford, man, still going, going strong. So that's just a couple weeks away, but there's another reason why we picked this movie is because this movie has a very powerful father-son undertone all the way through it. It's the first time we are introduced to Andy's dad getting to know him. And what we find is there's some struggles there along the way, uh, and we're going to learn about them here in our time together. We know that uh, Indiana, if you've watched his movies, you know, they oftentimes are searching for these treasures, and many times we've seen them be Christian relics these Christian relics that are really, really important. And, and so he'd be on those journeys and searches. Well, we find out where all of that came from. All of that came from things that he learned from his father. And what he learned from his father was that his father was very, very laser focused in his life on finding all these treasures. And we're gonna see in the movie how this plays out that his father became very distracted in life over trying to find treasures rather than focus on his family. Let's look at this text for our time together, Matthew chapter six and verse 21, key text as we kick things off. Very famous scripture, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Hey guys, hey guys, the things that you put all your time and energy and money into, those are the things that own you. Those are the things that have your heart. And for a man, for a woman, for anybody here in this room, it's real easy to focus on these treasures of life, get consumed by them. I got to get on a quest to get more things in my life and to get sidetracked and miss what really matters in life. And here we are in the year 2023. There are a lot of men on treasure hunts (laughs) and they're missing valuable things right in front of them. That's really kind of what we're dealing with in our time together, I want us to kind of kick this thing off with an intro into young Indiana. When the movie starts, we get introduced to Indiana as a young boy, and he's seeing, uh, in this opening scene, a cross cross of Coronado get captured by some guys that have not so good intentions in what they're going to do with this cross, and he sees it. He's got, man, this is urgent. I need to go tell my dad about it. And that's where we also get introduced to Indy Sr. in this opening scene. Here it is. Did you get anything yet? Nothing. You dig it. It's got some. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. I got some, Dora. I got some. I got some. Woo! Woo! Oh, look at that. Wow! We're rich. We're rich. We're rich, ain't we? Wow! Indiana. Indiana. Shh. We got more stuff in 
the class of Coronado. But Cortez gave it to him in 1520. That cross is an important artifact. It belongs in a museum. Run back and find the others. Tell Mr. Havoc that there are men living in the caves. Have him bring the sheriff. It's only a snake. Did you hear what I said? Right. Run back, Mr. Havelock, the sheriff. What What are you going to do? I don't know. Think of something. Dig with your hands, not with your mouth. Mr. Havelock! Anybody? Everybody's lost but me. There he is! Let's go! Let's go! Dad! 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 Oh. It's important! Then wait. Count to 20. No, Dad, you listen! Junior! Two, three, four. In Greek. Ina, Theo, Thea. May he who illuminated this illuminate me. I brought the sheriff. Say. Now there were five or six of them. I just All right. came after me. You still got it? Well, yes, sir. It's right here. I'm glad to see that. Because the rightful owner of this cross won't press charges if you give it back. Yeah, Indy sees this thing take place and he goes and he's got to tell his dad. He wants to run. Go up there, dad, 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 there's something going on. I need to tell you about it. And the dad's so buried in his own little treasure hunting research, he says, it can wait. Talk about it later. I think those are words that some of you here in this room, you, you had a father that was so entrenched in something. I don't know what it was, but it can wait, son. Daughter, it, 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 can, it can wait. Dad's busy right now. Dad doesn't have time. Because I'm in my pursuits of life. I don't have time to invest. Treasures define all of this, right? Indiana Jones is a movie about what matters most. And understanding what matters most in life. And Indy's dad is way, way off track. I want to be clear, it is Father's Day weekend. Of course, I'm going to do a message. You could probably imagine that more connects with dads and, and men. But I want to also be clear that everything I'm about to give you and all the points that I'm about to share with you from this movie, it's good for mamas, wives, young people who are still searching and trying to find out what matters most in their own life. So I hope all of you will pay attention. There's another group of people I want to honor here in our time together because they've kind of been left holding the bag. They've kind of been left having to do the role of a mother and father, and that's single mamas in our room right now. Let's just honor single mamas here. If you're here today and you're a single mom, 
it's hard because again, you're you're trying to you're trying to figure all this out and do your very best, and he's not around, and, and, and I know that that's difficult, but I mean, I could imagine anyways a little bit from what I've seen. Yeah, single mom, single dads. Hey, look, this is not easy. And so God has created an environment in which something greater can, can take place. But I thought I would just put this in your notes because I think it's so important that we realize that we have very limited time with our kids and with our families. I put this in your notes, especially speaking to dads here. Here's what it says, that dads must make the most of opportunities in life to make the biggest differences in the times with our kids. In other words, if our kids are going to encounter more from us as parents, we can't miss those key moments where they're saying, hey mom, hey dad, look, look, hey, can you see what I'm doing? Are you paying any attention? And when we're caught up in treasures and the things that captivate, gets our attention, we get so distracted, we miss those moments. We're climbing the corporate ladder, we're trying to get more money, more possessions, more resources. Dad, are you paying attention? No, son. No, daughter. Mom, are you? No, I'm busy right now. Here's what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 11. Uh, Solomon, this wisest man ever, he says this. Again, I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor the food to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happen to them all. Okay, everybody in this room has time and chance. We have that all in common. You have time in your life and you have opportunity. And in those moments, it's what you do in those moments, what Solomon is saying that, that's going to define, it's going to affect, it's going to change or impact a lot of things in life. And we can't miss those moments with our kids, we, we know that life is but a vapor in the grand scheme of eternity. Life is short. And our time to invest in our kids is even smaller. And we're understanding as we watch this film that this is a void that Indy has from his, from his dad. As a matter of fact, the next clip we're going to see, fast forward, to where uh, we now see Indy grown up. Uh, still not really connected at all with his father the way things ought to be. And uh, he's also going to get involved in this, this type of treasure hunt. It's for a holy grail. If they can find this holy grail, it'll be a really big deal. It becomes a central piece to our movie. Here's the next part of it. Have a look over here. This might interest you. Well... It's sandstone, Christian symbol, early Latin text, mid-12th century, I should think. That was our assessment as well. Where'd this come from? My engineers unearthed it in the mountain region north of Ankara while excavating for copper. Can you translate the inscription? Quis quis bibidacum, who drinks the water I shall give him, says the Lord. We'll have a spring inside him welling up for eternal life. Let them bring me to your holy mountain in the place where you dwell, across the desert and through the mountain to the canyon of the crescent moon, to the temple where the cup that... where the cup that holds the blood of Jesus Christ resides forever. The Holy Grail, Dr. Jones. We've hit a snag. 
Our project leader has vanished, along with all his research. We received a cable from his colleague, Dr. Schneider, who has no idea of his whereabouts or what's become of him. I want you to pick up the trail where he left off. Find the man, and you will find the grail. You've got the wrong Jones, Mr. Donovan. <laughs> Why don't you try my father? We already have. Your father is the man who's disappeared. Yeah, your dad's disappeared. Uh, look, what we're going to see take place is that Indy is kind of going to be a guy who's, you know, doing his own treasure hunting. He's going to get involved with this Holy Grail search. And I find it to be so easy, I think, for us as we grow up. You know, we raise in these homes, we grow up. It's so easy for us as we grow up to pick up on or start activating some of the traits or characteristics that we learned inside the home. Right, the influence of mothers, the influence of fathers on our kids. You know, we take those influences and we start activating them in life. So, in other words, if I grow up in a home where, you know, my family sees this as the most important thing in life, I will eventually kind of gravitate that way as I get older. If I grow up in a home where, you know, my family says, hey, here's what's most important, you know, get all you can and can all you get, and possessions and corporate ladders and do this and do that, addiction, substances, whatever it may be, I gravitate to those things. If I know that my family cares deeply about God and Jesus Christ and it's prevalent all throughout our home, I'm gonna gravitate that way as I leave the home. I put this in your notes. A dad, mom, any of us, we can easily pass on to our children what they will perceive as the most important in life. They're watching, in other words, and you know this, they're paying attention, but we oftentimes, and I see this play out with the men that I spend a lot of time with and how they sort of gravitate, and they fight all their life not to be like dad, you know, but they end up carrying some of these characteristics, and, and, and I get that because if you grew up in a home where they said, this is everything, then it becomes your everything. What we gotta see is that if that environment is unhealthy in our own homes today, it can produce either some, well, if it's unhealthy, some unhealthy results, or if it's of God, some very powerful results. In fact, this little warning in Exodus chapter 20 and verse five, here's what it tells us. It says, you shall not bow down to them or worship them. We're talking about false idols. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. Here's the point of that text. It's not to say, oh, my parents you know, hated God and so now God hates me. What it's saying is like, here's what you need to understand. If your home that you grow up in is a worshiping God, investing in God, primary treasure for the home, if you grow up in a home like that, uh, what we see is that for generations to come, that impact is there. We see, okay, my parents did this, my grandparents, and now I will, and my kids, and my grandkids, that effect of those generations to come. But what it also says is if you grow up in a home where people are not honoring God, they worship false idols, their treasures are all these other things in the world, then that's going to affect your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids. It just will. These things happen, but for Jesus Christ. So we have to know that they're watching or paying attention to all of these things, and here we are in 2023. 
And kids have been watching. And then they've grown up into being adults and we have more angry kids, confused kids, depressed kids than ever before. And they learned it oftentimes, not every time, but from priorities that were set inside the home when they were growing up. Uh, you know, as we follow the journey of Indy and his dad, we're going to see them have some times where they start to connect and we see that Indy is still longing and yearning for time and dad is still pretty confused on what it really meant to be a good father. And so there's some of these interactions in the next several scenes here. Here they are. Junior? Yes, sir. It is you, Junior. Don't call me that, please. Well, what are you doing here? I came to get you. What do you think? Late 14th century Ming Dynasty. Oh, it breaks the heart. And the head. You hit me, Dad. I'll never forgive myself. Don't worry, I'm fine. Thank God. <laughs> it's fake. See, you can tell with the cross sections. No! Dad, get your stuff. We gotta get out of here. Well, I'm sorry about your head, though, but I thought you were one of them. Dad, they come in through the doors. Yes. yes. I will take the book now. What, what book? book? You have the diary in your pocket. <laughs> you don't. Do you think my son would be that stupid that he would bring my diary all the way back here? <laughs> you didn't, did you? You didn't bring it, did you? Well, uh... you did. Look, can we discuss this later? I should have mailed it to the Marx brothers. Well, you take it easy. Take it easy? Why do you think I sent it home in the first place so it wouldn't fall into their hands? I came here to save you. Oh, yeah? And who's going to come to save you, Junior? I told you. Don't call me Junior. the wrong way. We have to get to Berlin. Brody's this way. My diary's in Berlin. We don't need the diary, Dad. Marcus has the map. There is more in the diary than just the map. All right, Dad. Tell me. Well, he who finds the grail must face the final challenge. What final challenge? Three devices of such lethal cunning. Booby traps? Oh, yes. But I found the clues that will safely take us through in the Chronicles of St. Ansel. Well, what are they? Can't you remember? 
I wrote them down in my diary so that I wouldn't have to remember. Half the German army's on our tail, and you want me to go to Berlin? Into the lion's den? Yes. The only thing that matters is the grail. What about Marcus? Marcus would agree with me. Two selfless martyrs. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's for blasphemy. The quest for the grail is not archaeology. It's a race against evil. If it is captured by the Nazis, the armies of darkness will march all over the face of the earth. Do you understand me? This is an obsession, Dad. I never understood it. Never. I remember the last time we had a quiet drink? Hmm? I had a milkshake. Hmm? What did we talk about? We didn't talk. We never talked. Do I detect a rebuke? A regret. It was just the two of us, Dad. It was a lonely way to grow up, for you, too. If you'd been an ordinary, average father like the other guys' dads, you'd have understood that. Actually, I was a wonderful father. When? Did I ever tell you to eat up, go to bed, wash your ears, do your homework? No, I respected your privacy, and I taught you self-reliance. What you taught me was that I was less important to you than people who'd been dead for 500 years in another country. And I learned it so well that we've hardly spoken for 20 years. You left just when you were becoming interesting. Dad, how can you? I'm here now. What do you want to talk about? Hmm? <laughs> I can't think of anything. Then what are you complaining about? We have work to do. I was struck in that clip that Dad says, the only, really, the only thing that matters is the grail. That's it. Of course, Indy's sitting right across from him like, Dad, you know, like, what about us? And, and, and you can sense sort of that tension between, between the, you know, like uh, what he treasures, you know, the dad versus what the son treasures. And you see this kind of in and out as you go through the movie, this in and out where dad, maybe he's going to get it, maybe he's not going to get it. Maybe he's going to understand what really matters most and what really doesn't matter. But we know this, that when we consider healthy homes, the data, (laughs) whether we like it or not, the data over and over tells us that homes with healthy spiritual mothers and healthy spiritual fathers children come out of that home, the data is growing massively that tells us that is absolutely God's best and his desire. And I understand that may not be happening in a lot of cases here, but I do think it's important that we pay attention to the data. Uh, They've been doing studies now for the last 40 years, and over and over again, they've found that 82% of children that come out of healthy homes, spiritual parents leading 82% have a healthier well-being and the way that they're operating in life. The data tells them overwhelmingly that they do better in social settings, academics, relationships, understanding gender roles and gender identities. We know that the data tells us that 
kids that come out of healthier homes are 80% less likely to ever be incarcerated, and over 50% of them are less likely to deal with depression. And so it's real. Information that's out there. And we know that if we understand, we're paying attention, we're caring about the things that God says are important, we know those things result in healthier outcomes. And, and right here, we see you a father who's kind of missing the mark over and over again. As a matter of fact, as our journey continues, we, we see this moment where they're together and you know, they have this little thing where it looks like Indy's gone over the cliff and maybe in that moment, the dad will come to the realization of what really has mattered. Here's the next one. anything. I just wasn't ready, Marcus. Five minutes would have been enough. get it, and then, okay, let's ditch everybody and go back to looking for the, the grail. One thing we know about Indy in this movie is he wants that relationship with his dad. He's craving it. He's older. He's grown and gone out of the house, Indy, you know, and yet he still craves that connectivity. 
in my work that I get to do with men in this church, I deal with men who are in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, and they are still craving, will dad pay attention? Will dad see me? They will never admit this. You know, a lot of these guys, they, they would never admit it, but it's there, and they're on this journey and striving. It's like, where's dad? Women as well. And so we know that's a yearning for Indy. And then, again, in that moment, you see maybe, again, just maybe Indy's dad's going to get it. There's a tragedy. Uh, but and unfortunately, maybe it's a little bit too late now because maybe Indy has died. And that's not the case. But you see him go, oh, man, if I just had a few more minutes to tell him what I really wanted to tell him. I've watched men late in life come to that place where they, they wish they had taken advantage of those opportunities when they had them. I've been by the bedside of men in life whose kids don't come to see them because there's no relationship there and they have some regret and hurts from what they've done. I wrote this in your notes, the greatest pains in life come after we've missed some of those valuable moments. God doesn't want us to go through that. Absolutely not. He wants us to make the most of every opportunity, time, and chance are afforded to all. And God wants us to make the most of those. Some of you, you do really amazing at this. Some of you, like when it comes to making the most of opportunities, there are men, there are women in this room, like you are leading your family in prayer. And you are studying the Bible together. And you brought them to church today, and that's a regular thing for you and your family. And you are at the recitals, you are at the sporting events, you are invested in every way possible that you can be, you are there, and I say, awesome, but some of you are not. To those who are getting it right, I say, keep going, keep moving, it's a journey, but keep digging in for the love of your kids, but for some of you who are missing it, it's not too late to turn it around. And continue to invest and to continue or to start the journey of investing and caring. You know, one of the things I do here at the church, I do invest in men. One of the things I get to do in that investment in men is every year I take a group of men. We go about eight hours north and we spend some time together. I take about 40 guys and we spend five days together. And it's men who just say, you know what? I didn't learn these things when I was younger, but I want to learn them now. Pastor Gary, what does it mean to be a spiritual man, a man of God? Uh, what does it mean to lead my family well? We do, we cover that stuff over five days. It's called Wild at Heart, and over the, this will be coming up in September, our 12th journey, and we have, coming into the weekend, about a dozen spots left for that trip. I know those spots are going to go quick, but if you're a guy who says, I, I need to be at that, I want to be at that, you can let us know if you're interested, just if you're interested. On the back of that little card that you got when you came in, you can write W-A-H for Wild at Heart, W-A-H, circle it big. Drop it in the buckets when the buckets pass in just a little bit in our time together. You can put that in there. If you give us good contact information, we'll get in touch with you and tell you all about the trip so you can make a decision. Maybe you don't have one of those cards. You can go to the Connect table on your way out on the left-hand side. There's a place where they'll connect you with information about the trip so you can try to make a decision. We also have a Wild at Heart table under the awning. They'll give you information there. Of course, maybe it's possible there's a woman here and you say, I want to 
secretly give this as a gift or something like that. And you can do that. You can write, ladies, W-A-H, on the back of your Connect card, circle it, drop it in the bucket, and we'll get information out to you. Or you can stop by one of the areas on the way out and get information as well. We have a women's trip that goes next year, and they have their own, but this is one that I lead, and I'd love to have you on that trip. You know, we put together uh, just a little one-minute video about the trip. Here it is. up late September. Hope you'll make that trip with us. You know, as we get back to Indy and this journey, one thing I see is, yeah, his dad's there and then he's gone and he thinks he's going to get it and then he, he drops off and I'll do it for a little bit. I'll be here with my son and then I'm not there again. I think this is a challenge for a lot of men today. It's this word called consistency. Actually, I put that in your notes. The way a man wins in his family with his wife, with his children, is to be a consistent man. A man who follows through on what he says he's going to do. You know, one of the great challenges for a man is he'll stand in front of his wife or his children, and he's messed up, and he'll say, I'm going to get it right this next time. And he'll do it for a week or a few days, and then he'll drop right back into where he was. Oh, baby, I promise. I promise. Right back where he was. And this is building instability in the home, distrust in the home. These guys that come in and out for a little bit here and there, instability, distrust. And it's affected Indiana in the movie because, you know, he's like, dad, I don't know when. He's around. He's here today, gone tomorrow. We have to be men of follow through, of integrity, of our word, of consistency in the way we say things and and follow through on our actions long term. Well, for Indy and his dad, they have finally reached the place of the Holy Grail. This is a little short clip as they enter into this sort of chamber where all of these grails are, and they're going to end up having to pick the right one. Step back now, Dr. Schneider. Give Dr. Jones some room. He's going to recover the grail for us. (laughs) Impossible? What do you say, Jones? Ready to go down in history? The grail is mine, and you're going to get it for me. Shooting me won't get you anywhere. You know something, Dr. Jones? You're absolutely right. Dad. Dad. Junior. You can't save him when you're dead. The healing power of the Grail is the only thing that can save your father now. It's time to ask yourself what you believe. It's time to ask yourself what you believe. And the chips are down. What you believe is what really is going to matter. And if you've fought for and dreamed for the wrong things in life, 
you understand that it's going to leave you pretty empty. If you fought for and dreamed for foundational things in your life and for your family, you can leave something strong when the chips are down, when the shakeup happens in life. Let me ask you, what does your family really believe? Does your family know what matters most in life? I want to be clear, hey, this is a cool little Hollywood thing. There's this holy grail. If you drink out of it, you have life, you have eternal life. I know that sounds really, really cool. This is not a real thing. But I'll tell you what, it is real. There is uh, some kind of a holy grail, and it begins and ends with the resurrected Jesus Christ. And if you turn to him, you will find life and eternal life. He has a cup to offer, and it's for all who believe in him. And this is what matters most when the chips are down, because that is what's going to last. You understand that there are a lot of things that we could chase after. Those things are going to be, when the shakeups happen in life and when, when the chips are down, those things aren't, aren't really going to be there to save you. There's not going to be things there to, that, that you can turn to, but there are some things we can turn to. I want you to look at this text here. Here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 12. But now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. What that text is just simply saying, hey, there are shakeups in life. And then there's the ultimate shakeup when you draw your last breath. And in those moments, the only things that will remain are the things of God. This is why Jesus said, if you want to know what's most important in life, there's really two great commands. Love God and love others. Love will remain. If you spend the times of your life investing what matters most, loving God and loving others, you will be a part of something that lasts generations and generations and ultimately eternally. What is it? that you really believe and your family really believes. The shakeup is happening. You know it. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust, man. You're not taking it with you, but you can take love, love of God and love of others with you. What we find now with uh, Junior's dad in bad shape, you find them in need of drinking of the right cup. Here's the last clip. Whereas the true grail will bring you life, the false grail will take it from you.
He chose poorly. Don't move. It's ours, Indy. Yours and mine. Elsa, don't cross the seal. The night warned us not to take the ground from here.
Elsa never really believed in the Grail. She thought she'd found a prize. Yeah, when Indy's dad finally says, "Is like if it's illuminate," I finally, <laughs> finally figured it out. What matters most? Uh, that's this moment where the man, the woman, any of us come to realize, like, I've been dabbling, I've been in and out here today, gone tomorrow, inconsistent, but. What God is looking for is people who will live a life, live in their home with their families, with their spouses in a way that is all in for him. And this is the illumination that says, God, what you have for my life is what matters most. There's all kinds of treasures out there. But God, what you have matters most. I love what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 21, since we were talking about a cup. Here's what it says. Uh, it says, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake at the table of the Lord and the table of demons. You gotta decide, you gotta be, you gotta be all in. We got a lot of people dabbling and they're in and out and sending confusing signals to their kids or their families. Jesus wants us to be all in, drinking of the cup that he has to offer. Illumination. His dad decided, that he now finally knew what was most important. And you need to as well. I put this last thing in your notes. Decide in your life what really is the most important and remove the things that are not important so that you can be laser focused on what God wants for you, your family, your life. Second Corinthians chapter four and verse four says, this is gonna be hard though because there's a God of this age, our spiritual adversary, Satan. He has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. And some of you don't have that illumination because the little G God of this world has blinded you and said, no, this is important and this is important. You're here there and going over here and God says, no, I want you to take those blinders off and I'll do it for you, God, so if you will just seek him. You can do what I did many years ago in a church, just like this. I sat in church, and the pastor shared, and the, it was like the blinders came off, and I was illuminated to what really mattered in life. Some of you are believers in Christ. You are. But man, you're dabbling in some treasures that are unhelpful to your life and your family, and you need to come back around and be focused. Parents, moms, dads, young people. Let's pray together. Father, I pray for, again, our, our, we have many believers here in this room. I believe that. There are some, they're getting this right, man. They have the illumination, and this has been a part of the consistent day-in, day-out journey of their life, and so God strengthened them to continue, but there are others that have, you know, it's just, they're, so easy. The God of this age can get into our minds and our heads and make us think all these other things are important and you've gotten a little off track. And so we're just praying for some of our believers here in the room who are off track to refocus, but there are also unbelievers in a group this size. There's every weekend and every service at our church, there's always many people who are unbelievers and we're glad you're here, God, that we thank you for that opportunity. I pray it right now, there'd be somebody here that though they maybe recognize they've been chasing after all these things of life that are gonna get shook up and turned to dust one day. It can turn though to the heavenly father and find out what really matters most in life. God says, if you will turn to him, 
if you'll decide to surrender to him and turn over your sin and receive forgiveness through the gift of Jesus Christ who died on the cross for the, for, for the forgiveness of sin for all of humanity and all the things that you did and all the directions you went down in your life that were away from God, say, God, I admit that I did that, but God, I'm ready to choose you and the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, to be forgiven of my sin. God, I want illumination right now to what really matters, life, eternal life. I'm ready today to turn to you in Jesus' name. Amen.